This is Locked in the Green Room, episode 17, and today I'm chatting to Barzalel. Barzalel is a real good friend of mine. He's a guitarist, he's a singer, a producer, uh, a baker. We're chatting today about a single that he produced uh, on lockdown. It's called Endless Fairy Lights. It's available on Spotify and I think all the other places. Um, it's amazing. He's put it together during lockdown, as I said. It's recorded in loads of different countries and then produced by Bar in the south of France in his home studio. So, without further ado, I'll pass you over to Bar Zalel. So, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Like, I'm, I missed my... Well, I'm not very good at the PR thing, but otherwise, same thing. How are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm, f- I'm okay, but I'm in a bit of a bad mood. Anything Because, uh, well, I'm, try- I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the process of... Uh, we were just talking about quitting things before we started this live stream. Yes. Bars quit drinking, and he's not been drinking for a year, which is pretty good. But uh, I am in the process of quitting smoking. That, which is funny because every time we had a discussion this week or like a, a, a Skype this week, it was, let me go outside for a smoke for a second. Yeah, well, that, what I'm doing there is I'm like, I'm trying to just like go down with the ship. Well, no, no, it's not, that's not the right expression. I'm basically like, I'm going hard at the end you know, before I fully quit. Oh, oh. It's, it's not a very clever oh, thing to do, oh. but... That's what it's been. So I've just been smoking all day. Okay. But uh, I mean, I'm actually, as I say, I'm <clears throat> in the process. I'm not, I've not quit yet. I'm in the process of it. And the process being I'm taking uh, Champix. Have you ever heard of Champix? No, but I bet it's a chemical that is supposed to supplement the other poison. It's not actually su- to supplement. What it does is it tells your um, brain that you've, that you've, that you've basically given it nicotine and it's consistently just telling your brain hey you've got nicotine it's not nicotine so it's not nicotine replacement therapy it's uh it's it's basically attaches itself to the receptors in your brain that um that 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 you're that that nicotine does uh, okay. that nicotine would usually do so so when you go to have a cig you don't really feel much but then when you go to have a cigarette it's really rubbish so at the moment I'm still smoking, but all my cigarettes are like really, really rubbish. So that's one of the reasons I think I'm in a bad mood because I'm going to try and get my fix and it's just like a total letdown. And that happens so my, 20 times a day. My neighbor stopped smoking, I think like a month and a half ago. And another neighbor came to see us. We have, we keep a garden together. And he came one day and he smokes. So she asked him for a cigarette. And she was very happy to get a cigarette, and she was very miserable post the cigarette. Like she was like, "This is the last one I'm gonna smoke ever in my life." Yeah, which was false, but one of the last ones maybe. There is a you know, there's a lot of emotions that happen when you're trying to give something that you uh, hold dear to your heart up. I think, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm just dealing with that at the moment, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think also this this drug it, it does things to your emotions anyway. So, and also we're in lockdown and there's like a global pandemic, so that might be something to do with my. But you do know that smokers are less Im- or more immune or less um, 
less touched by it. Yeah, I did hear that as well. And that's a French study, wasn't it? I think I saw that. that, uh, leave, that it to, leave, leave it to the French to find out why <laughs> cigarettes are good for you. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm just going to ignore that. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't be, be even be taking that information in because that's giving me a reason to not quit. But anyway. <laughs> so what did um, you do today? Did you like uh, go on your uh, scales, international violin scale group? doing thingy or it's not an international it's not international it's pretty british actually the scale group oh, okay no we did i did that that's only mondays wednesdays and fridays that's that's a that's a great thing i love doing that the um the sounds, scale group we practice amazing. scales together on zoom uh, i wish you played violin and then you could join but uh, i don't think you wish i'd play violin <laughs> i think uh, you're I thankful do, i don't um i do so Hi. this is barzalel for anyone who hasn't um Hasn't seen his face or heard his music, heard his voice before. Hi, folks. Um, he is a guitarist and composer, producer, singer as well. When um, I have to. And I met you, Bar, in Samoa. 2012. 2012. Samoa is a gypsy jazz festival. Bar, Bar is a, a very good um, guitarist in the style of Django Reinhardt or... In the style of the legacy of Django Reinhardt. In the style of what of we mass, remember but. from the albums that we heard that were recorded 40 years after Django Reinhardt died. Yeah. So, um, first of all, I mean, I know that we're going to talk a little bit about what, you're, what you've been up to and how uh, lockdown is where you are, which is the south of France. Yeah, I live in a tiny, tiny village. Um... If anybody wants to Google it, just put France 82160 to understand how small and how remote. So, uh, yeah, kind of normal normal days look like confinement days here anyway. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into that in a, in a little bit. But actually, to begin with, I'd actually just like to start from how... How you first got into playing? Just you, you can yeah. you can do that as long as or short as you want. Sure. And uh, and and where you're at now? So how you first got into music? And take me to right now. What you're doing at the moment? So I'm born 1982, uh, north of Israel, and when I am born, my grandfather is still alive. Uh, and shortly after, about a year and a half after, um. He passes away, and uh, that's a bit of a crucial point because he himself was a composer, ah. uh, a composer and <coughs> an instrument, a collector of instrument. Which uh, in Israel, in the early '80s, you'd struggle most places to find more than one instrument. Like if you had a piano in the house or you had a guitar in the house or something, it'd be nice. But um, what it, what was it? What it was for me was the fact that instruments were just very accessible from a young age, and all instruments. Um, my grandmother kept his uh, music room, which today people would like. <coughs> the, 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 the vintage gear that he had there, because he tried recording and stuff, and the horror stories that my mother tells me about how they had to stand with towels to block echoes from different parts of the rooms and whatever. Um, they're hilarious and a bit horrible, but the gear the gear is gone. 
nobody mm. like I know that there's like a magneto tape that disappeared and all stuff, but the the instruments are uh, are still here. Um and so I always had access to instruments and there was always like this musical drive in my family. Um and there was always a, a non-pressure to do anything. So uh, I picked up the guitar at a pretty early age, but I can't tell you when it was. And I picked it up and I let it down. I picked it up and I let it down. And actually, the first instrument I went to see a teacher for was the drums. Huh. Um, and actually, it's probably the longest I've stayed with a teacher. I think from the ages of 8 to 11. And I was just a really bad student. Huh. I think I was a bad student all the way to like my early 20s. Uh, I think that's a, it's kind of like the karma of having potential or having talent is that you can cheat teachers that don't really understand you. You can cheat them into thinking you're better than you really are or that you worked on the things that they imagined you needed to work on. Yeah, um, I was a bad student as well. I know exactly. Oh. I, I know exactly where you're coming from. And it took me over to my. I needed to get. I needed to. Well, <coughs> so, um, you know, teens and stuff. I'm. I listened to your podcast with Mr. Kurosh, not Ku Kanani, and um, he said he was never into the Beatles. At which point, I considered erasing his number from my phone. But I was, like, hugely into the Beatles. It was almost, like, the only thing I was into until the age of 13. Uh, the Beatles and uh, some jazz. I used to listen to jazz at a very young age, actually. Not necessarily really advanced stuff, but I think for my eighth birthday, I had... A, I know I did. I got a CD. So this is 1990. That's pretty early for a CD. But um, I had Buddy Rich... Uh, what is it called? Um, one of Buddy Rich's famous albums, most famous albums. The best of Buddy Rich? No, not the best. Um, it, it's a, <laughs> a, the name of a standard. Uh, I don't think you're gonna get it. No, I'm not gonna get it. Anyways, so <laughs> I did, I did follow that. I really enjoyed listening to that, and at about fourteen, thirteen, so a bit of bands and a bit of. I did go to a jazz teacher to learn guitar, and that's where like that potential thing of just learning the scales you're good at and never really advancing much beyond that. Um, it was basically at the age of 21. At the age of 21, I had the bizarre idea I wanted to be a music producer, and I am going to be the person that's going to put jazz and electronic music in the same cauldron and make it like n no one's ever made that, which is the most probably the most provincial thought that ever crossed my head um but i did go to learn to study sound engineering which i've done for a year at and during that year i've discovered the music that of django reinhardt uh which i knew but oh no i discovered the music of roman actually ah uh, I was Roman, Roman Manetti. Manetti, yeah, which until like three years ago was only Roman and nobody knew the Manetti part. Okay, uh, yeah. I, I think it's Facebook that forces you to have a family name, so. <laughs> um, That's funny. I, I really think that, like, you look at all the albums and all the books and everything, it's Roman. It's not Roman Manetti. Mm -hmm. And 
I think it was Swing for Ninin. And I just, I fell in love with it. And all of a sudden, nothing was important at all. And Gypsy Jazz became the only thing that was important for about eight years, I think. Like, I blocked out everything to, to dive into Gypsy Jazz profoundly. Um, I still how love did, it. How, was that, how did that... What? <laughs> what did that do to your mental health? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got friends like you. Um, what did I do to my mental oh, I think it goes well with my character. Like, I, I like to do <clears throat> singular things. Or, like, I like to do things in a singular manner. Mm. Um, so, like, liter at that time, the only streaming service, at least the one available in Israel, was Pandora, when Pandora still oh, yeah. existed. And I just... I remember that. And I just... Uh, it was when Pandora allowed you to choose one song, and then you said you liked this and you didn't like that. That's what they called a musical DNA. They found out the yeah. musical DNA of songs. Yeah, I remember. It's weird. It, it was weird, but the thing is that they had in their catalogs things that Spotify would never... Like, if you do, like, a random... Yeah. Spotify Radio and Angelo the Bar today, you would never get the amazing things. There was like this great Bulu and Elios Ferre album, like things that are everywhere now on every streaming service, but you they'll never you, pop up. How did but how did they get the uh, what's the what's that word called? Rights. What's that world word called? Now, what's the word the, the uh, algorithm? How did they get the algorithm so good back then and and now? You they, still, you know, you, you, I know what you mean with Spotify. Oh, You're like, not, all right, what, what am I going to like Spotify? And they're like, you listen to Django Reinhardt, so you're going to like Stefan Grappelli. And you're just like, wicked. Thanks. That's great. Yes, yeah, sorted. One word, Matt. Money. Money. Yeah. It's, 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 it's how it works. It's, it's easier to shove things that, that are, I'll tell you even, I'll tell you something more. If you're a new, did did you did you ever try to do an artist radio on one of the London Django Collective songs? No. Try to. I'm not gonna do it now. It's not. It's not gonna do it later either. <laughs> what do you mean? It doesn't work until a, a song gets played enough times. Um, I don't. Think How do you know that we haven't been played loads of times? Check it. <laughs> So what happens? It just doesn't find it. It doesn't create a radio. It takes forever to create a radio, but it doesn't create it. Ah. Uh -huh. So it's just a system that benefits uh, already highly played, high high volume music. And Pandora, that okay. So actually, it's probably that there wasn't as much. Uh, there wasn't as much. They weren't looking for that information. No, 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 no. They no. were just like, "Hey, this is sort of in the same genre, and we'll just slam that up there." It and would. that randomness means that right. sort of probably the bad, um, the uh, badly sorted out algorithms or whatever. Man, I don't know what I'm saying. The terrible it's algorithms the mean man, that you're going to get a wider range of stuff. And and the fact is, I think with Pandora, the algorithm was developed before the service. So, so Spotify is a money-making machine, and obviously Pandora has uh, money-making uh, in its sites, and, and I think it's making a lot of money. But um, 
there's money making and there's money like there's different yeah. ways to to approach you know different ways to skin a cat we're not skinning you i have a cat here um i can't see your cat no you, we can't but she's right down here oh, okay she loves the studio it's her favorite part of the house um so yeah so i kind of drowned into gypsy jazz for about eight years solid which also included me moving to paris and i lived in paris for seven years um and kind of and, and i the first year in paris was an absolute hoot like i played so much and i met so much people and oh my god this is gypsy jazz it was internet was well well and truly on the way back then but uh, like it was you could find things but it was still like the people you really wanted to see live you could still see in jams and stuff it was great and uh, people still smoked back then which is also great um it's not <laughs> stop convincing it's yourself <laughs> um and kind <coughs> of at the at the end of the second year i kind of like i leveled off in terms of who i was playing with and what i was doing and i started doing other things that were less gypsy jazz but one day uh our common friend uh james byron twyford calls me from the south of france and he goes hey man i have a couple of friends that are making a movie and they want a soundtrack it sounds like Django Reinhardt, but they can't pay the Django Reinhardt rights. And I was like, okay, that sounds like something I could do. And that's uh, that's actually how you and I got in business. Yeah. Uh, which Samuel Film Orchestra. Yeah, Samuel Film Orchestra, which is still it's one. Great of name. Yeah. And, and I love that album. That's like one of the things that I've done that I still love listening to. But But also I know what I've done that I love listening to is just things that other people are bringing in their flavor too mm. it's not you know my, my least favorite things there are things that i'm the only person in front of a mic or the 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 front man in front of a mic if i have to be but my favorite stuff is like other people bringing their expertise and musicality to the forefront and 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 that was definitely that mm, yeah it was a big it's a big project because there's lots it was just lots of, it was basically all of your all of your Django friends oh. or not all of them because you got a lot of Django friends a, a select group of your Django friends recording in uh, in Worcestershire in, in Worcestershire. a in a sort of live-in studio for for a week that was the best it's great that was the best and we got to do it again for Steve yeah we did but uh, that wasn't as positive what the album was the album wasn't I uh, know, like uh, the 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 reason why it happened. But, no, uh, no, no I, I meant in 2013. With, ah, with the that was all positive. That that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was cold though. The Hatch Studio. Sorry, we're talking we're just talking about stuff that we're, we're not explaining ourselves, or that, I'm not explaining. I should be explaining this. We recorded uh, the music of. Steve Aston in The Hatch, which is also where we recorded Bar's music for the Samwise Film Orchestra. And the Hatch Studio is a place that, actually, if anyone knows Remy Harris, maybe Remy's watching. Um, Hi, it's where, Remy. where Hi, Remy Danny. lives. And uh, yeah, it was. It's it's an amazing studio. I don't, it actually isn't running as a was, studio anymore. Yeah. Was an amazing studio. It was pretty cold. It was I, in the winter. 
we did our recording, the Samuel Film Orchestra, in very pretty days of autumn. I think it was uh, September, early September. But in s- with Steve, we've done it in a snowstorm in January. Yeah. And you can hear smoldering coals in some yeah. of the songs. <laughs> yeah, it's great, man. Hey. It's great. They're just cold. Right. Um, so, so, you got to that point. You, you you did the somewhat the somewhat film orchestra and then um so that is about 10 years or yeah nine ten years after the brilliant idea i had of being a producer and all of a sudden that thing came back to the forefront like things that i acquired during sound uh, studies and stuff uh sound engineering and i discovered that i could do more of that and I started doing that in different capacities, um, a lot for independent uh, guys and girls and bands, um, along with with my projects, uh, which was more of a folky, rocky nature and had nothing to, and jazz as well, and had nothing to do with uh, gypsy jazz anymore. Mm-hmm. And I got to work with some great names in. France and in England, and actually ha- got to work with Roman eventually. That was ah. like the best closing of Circle ever. I ah. I got to record. Uh, I got to engineer uh, on an album that he's done with uh, Daniel, um, your friend, um, Daniel John Martin. Yeah. So that was a, a, a great experience, and I got to work with Louise Toulon, well, who was one of my best friends, but working with her is uh, an amazing experience, especially because you, you see the, the up the, the upslope in which she's at, and it's always very rich. The music is very rich, and every time we get more musicians and more. I think, so my thing, a lot of these days, when people talk about producing music, it's a lot about electronic, it's a lot about, beats it's all about i'm really into the live thing when when i produce music it's really the live aspect hi lizzie i think she's she's just popping in and popping out (laughs) so i Um, i'm found i'm fairly proficient at making people who don't know each other and who've never played together uh, sound as if they're a very tight band. Um, which, which does lead us quite nicely to what you've been doing Yes. on lockdown. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's pretty much the only thing I could do on lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you know, there's many things you could do, but that was, that is, that's what you've been doing. Why don't you, why don't you explain the music that you've been working on? Um, so music is a big word. It's just a song, basically. It's a long song. Um, it's a song that comes out today, and I'm sure we'll have all the links in the proper places. Um, it's a seven-minute folk, jazz, and poetry creation, um, which I've had... So, so the, the, um... The pretext to why I've done this, uh, kind of like when I've decided not to do those things anymore, because just trying to take a break, um, was obviously the lockdown. And I've played one 
concert, a lockdown ca- concert of <coughs> my old songs about a month and a half ago, and it went down really, really well, and people really liked it and enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, I'll do another one in two weeks. It was a lot of fun, and we we're still all going to be in lockdown. Um, and then I'm I'm a person that's absolutely incapable of doing the same thing twice. I couldn't play the same songs or having it sound the same or whatever. So I was like, yeah, I'll play a couple of new songs and yeah, maybe I'll finish this song and maybe I'll have a playback to it. Yeah, I'll I'll make a playback to this song. Who should I call? And this is how this happened. Like I've decided to play live with a playback of way too many people. Um just cuz I had their phone numbers basically. Um and but we could talk about it, which we are, but the f- the fact of the matter is that it was exceptionally easy to do. I think because our friends, m- the musician community, um, are just such lovely, loving, open-minded and open and big-hearted people. And it's like, I it's like the Samuel Film Orchestra. You ask a person if they want to participate in a thing that I have no idea what it is, and they'd go, yeah, sure. What what's, what do you want me to do? And it was incredibly easy. And we were talking about six people, other than me, who are recording, who are on the recording. <coughs> they are Uri Gintel, who is a... Very good friend of mine, exceptional piano player, as we were about to hear, who lives in Berlin, uh, also plays on the Daniel Weltlinger albums. Ah. Um, Which is funny, because we totally don't know through the same people. Oh, it's just random. Yeah, well, it's random. They both live in in Berlin, so eventually that would happen. They're both huge talents. And then the next person I thought about was uh, Mevelian Jacot, who's a drummer I worked with since about 2010 in Paris, and we've done quite a bunch of stuff together. Um, and notably the Louise albums, and but also you need a machine on drums, you, you give the man a ring, and he has a studio at home. Which is which is the point. The point is everybody here, or everybody that we're about to hear, recorded at their home, which is six different people in, in four different countries <laughs> over the course of two days um, with very minimal instructions as well. The third person, which was actually the last person I called, <coughs> was Dan Shepard, your friend and mine, on bass. Um, <coughs> which for me was the biggest surprise. I mean, I've I've played with Dan years ago. I think it was the Hand and Heart. Uh, this is in Brighton, and that was a Gypsy Jazz scenario. Um, but the man has chops for days. Yeah, he's a really really good bassist, and, and he has sound for days. And I'm kind of like once I I thought about. Uh, calling him and he said yes and then he sent his stuff and he was the fastest like Dan I from the minute I approached him till he sent me the first take which is by the way the take I used um, 
think it was two hours or something or three hours. It's funny. And 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 he and he nailed everything. He nailed the feel. He nailed the the the, the vibe. And then. So that was the rhythm section done. Um, it's Corentin. And there's Corentin. Corentin was the last, and there's a reason he was the last. A, because I know he'll, he'll, he'll say yes. Like, Corentin would say yes. I don't need to uh, spend time on convincing him. But, um, <coughs> no, it was this construction. So what we should know about this song, we're going to listen to it in a bit, is that the middle part of it, which is where the jazz comes in, is uh, Louisa Tomlinson, your friend and mine, Uh, which reads a poem. And I actually envisioned this entire song uh, as if a jazz trio is playing in a radio that's in a room behind Louisa while she reads a poem. And then mm. it got out of control um, because the next thing that linked to jazz for me was David Bowie's last album, uh, Black Star. And uh, there's some wicked saxophone on there. And I was like, okay, we need some sax. So again, a stellar musician, Lisa Cadberou, who's just... No, but everybody, everybody that recorded on this song is um, just a one-shot wonder. And I don't mean that they do it once and they can't do it again. It's just that they do it once and you don't need a second time. Hmm. Um, and... And she plays this huge, long, soulful notes, which is really her forte because she can make these notes into a solo, into a line, into a beautiful melodic line. And Corentin, on the other hand, I needed him as the machine and we're going to listen to what that means. And he, sa he sends the most tracks because he's he. But um, just... It's just, it was wonderful to see the contrast. And we should mention, technically, that uh, what you people watching this live now here is going to be mono for technical reasons, right? Yeah, it's for like, I'm uh, not very good at live streaming reasons. And I haven't sorted it out yet. But That's the reason it's mono. Uh, well, it's I, my fault. I think it. No, I think it's Skype's fault. We discovered that Skype can. It's, it's Skype's fault, but there's definitely a way, and I could be doing this in a lot in in a lot in a lot better way. But yeah. I just I just haven't I just haven't done the done the time with like all like the really good software. I just have like a click and yeah, like turn it on software <laughs> and like drag things around. It's really easy to use. And yet you're and just, the king of podcasting. How do you explain that? Say that again. And yet you are the king of podcasting. How do you explain that? Well, I'm not going to explain that because actually I'm not the king of podcasting. That's something that you've just, that's like a title that you've just given me. And uh, it's not true. So uh, I, I, you know, I do a lot of podcasts, but uh, I don't actually do a lot of live streams. Live streams, I've not always been a live streaming person. I don't always live stream the jazz violin podcasts. But I'm you... live streaming at the moment because every, no one has anything to do. People, people, are, you know, people are actually watching this. That's how many people are watching this. Do you know? I think uh, there's. It looks like there's about seven, but there's been people in and out. All right, hi people. Seven. Hi, seven people. Yeah. Um. So the last person before we pop into to maybe have a listen to all this, um, is um, 
Marcus. Ah, Marcus. Marcus. Uh, Marcus Hamlet. Um, again, the invincible studio session and live stage that you and I also know from the same from the same setting of of uh, Steve's album in 2013. Yeah. yeah. Where he was on uh, double bass, but here he is contributing three horns which are so magnificently played it was just embarrassing. Um I think what do you think? Do you think we should have a listen to like the entire mess and then break it down or should we construct it from the ground up? How long is this tune? No, we don't listen, need to listen to the entire tune. The entire tune is seven minutes. Who has seven minutes? And it's in money. Seven minutes is a long time. But I mean, it's not... Um, we could do seven minutes, but yeah. Just, why don't you just show the different parts? You've got the, the means to do so. Yeah, we've got the, we've got the manpower. Um, so I it's guess... Interesting to, it's interesting for people because you know what it is? You know what's the most interesting thing about this before you start? Sorry to chime in. No, please. Is that this is... Uh, it's It's... It's music that's at least uh, played in the jazz context, as in, you know. Very much. It's all it's, impro- uh, most, mostly it's, improvised. It feels like jazz. It's improvised music in a lot of ways. And there's this whole thing, and it's always, and it's, I'm starting to see it more and more. I've seen with, with people doing these collaborations, you can actually, um, you can react musically to somebody doing these things and and it hasn't felt like you can for a for a while no one's done it because everyone's like now nah, we'll we'll get ourselves into a room but if you listen to this track it feels like the band is reacting to each other it's at, at some point it's um it's chilling to the uh, and i'm gonna find a point where I, I should have marked it but there's a couple of places where uri the piano player is just playing over louisa's reading Mm, yeah, and that's it, cool. That stuff. Yeah, play it. Play that. Or just play, do you do your thing. Play play the play the music. Well, I, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have spoke. No, you should definitely speak. Um, so <coughs> I think we're gonna start with what the musicians got from me, which is my really embarrassingly bad guitar playing. Self-deprecation there. Yeah. Sure no, just... but but and Louisa's reading. It should be stated, though, that Louisa's reading was done in the winter over something else that I recorded. Same song, but I have just did a, um, a more freestyle version of it. And then I cut it. Um, text-wise, everything is there. But the pauses between her uh, phrases are different to how she read it. Also, she mm. read it first go on her first uh, test. Um, like everybody here did a first take nobody could nobody needed anymore um and then so i sat her on this it sounds a bit like this stars wink high in the shifting psychedelic of a dawn sky waves breathe kinetic and blue and jade with magnetic frequency this view I'm not looking at it, I am in it, the seer and the scene, forever folded in the fabric of dream, woven from live imagining. So if I take Lou out of this for a second, this is the loop. (laughs) 
I can't say this is well played. Okay, and this is what this is then what Uri, the piano player, got from me. And um, just to be the most clear possible about how this process came together is I said everybody did one take and Uri did mainly one take but with Uri we went into the details of some stuff that he played in order to make sure that the dynamic because we have a dynamic which is mounting here and getting stronger and getting louder and getting more intense with the reading and the piano had <clears throat> to lead that for everybody. Mm. So there couldn't be a moment, contrary to, 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 to other instruments, there couldn't be a moment in which the piano is not 100% jiving with what's going on. Because if there, there had been a moment like that, then the drums would have gone with him. That, that's mm. the part where we all listen to each other. But they wouldn't have known that this is not what you need to do at that moment. So the piano part, I would say, is uh, 80% or 85% improvised. And the 15 remaining percent are improvised play, but specifically directed in terms of the dynamic. And this is what it gives. This is with the piano, guitar and piano and Louise's vocals. Stars wink high in the shifting psychedelic of a dawn sky. Waves breathe kinetic and blue and jade with magnetic frequency. This view, I'm not looking at it, I am in it. The seer and the scene, forever folded in the fabric of dream, woven from live imagining. You can really just take everything and just listen to the piano. Come this moment. As we draw back to nothing and come again. Strike out against ocean then, forgetting once more it's water we're held in. There is always a reckoning between the condition and the chance, and our hearts where it hurts best are ripe for the picking. To drop the props and ambitions of this place, the arm arrows into incident. To let go, even as we love, to leave nothing. Now he just rolls with her. Trees rise up like masts, their blossom-soaked sails to the wind. And my heart, open now with no thing to hide in, 
absorbs the light for so long it passed on. At last I stop and it can begin. This then the so-called death and this the resurrection. You can't even stop listening to it. It's so captivating with just piano. Mm. And so so this was a great bass. So what I waited to have the piano done before I sent the track with piano, obviously click the guitar and the vocals to everybody else. Um, so this is what everybody else got. And everybody else also got one reference, which is one reference track. And that reference track is Pound for Pound by um, The Bad Plus, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. And if anybody doesn't remember exactly how that song goes, it goes a bit like this. This is the beginning, which I referenced. I said I wanted a dynamic, which would be a bit like that. So this is how it starts. And this is where it gets to. So everybody got an, a, a general idea of where it is that they're going. Um, so the second person to send over the piano, and I think it would be interesting now to leave the vocals and the guitar out and just create our jazz trio because we have the piano. And it this really corresponds with what you said that people always felt they needed to be in a room. I still think it's obviously way better if you've, you're in a room with a person or if you're in a room with uh, a person for many years. Um, but, sure. but we could still do pretty crazy wild stuff um so this goes a bit um does it so and we have the drums coming in I'm just playing on the piano And if you remember the, the, the reference, this is really yeah. the dry vibe of the reference. And the beautiful thing about it is when you listen to it like that, you see how much space Uli, the piano player, leaves for the bass. He doesn't run to play bass himself the bass will play the bass so we only have to put him in
Now we're both together. Trees rise up like masts, their blossom soaked sails to the wind. And my heart, open now with no thing to hide in, absorbs the light for so long it passed on. At last, I stop, and it can begin. This then, the so called death, and this, the resurrection. So we have, we have, that, we have that jazz trio, you know, it's mm. there. And then what came next? I think it was Marcus. And Marcus is funny because Marcus is, is the most focused person you'd ever find. If, if you exchange four texts with Marcus, it's three too much for him. He just needed the one. <laughs> The, the one question he asked me was literally about a mistake I've done in, in the chords that I sent him. Hmm. And Marcus, for those who don't know, also plays mean, mean horns. And I tell you, just, just, li just listen to the horns because it's the cleanest he recorded, the three of them. And also the way he recorded them was special. It just sounds worthy horns. Given the bass. Sound the drums. Yeah. Sound Louisa. Here the birds are silent as if sated by a fatter air. They dip and bait, perch in capillary trees that spread their oxygen into every atom, welded at what heat. Light catches in the cresting waves, rebounds opaque from the atomized spray. No still point, only poise in the balancing as we draw back to nothing and come again. And with a piano. Strike out against ocean then, forgetting once more, it's water we're held in. There is always a reckoning between the condition and the chance, and our hearts where it hurts best are ripe for the picking. To drop the props and ambitions of this place, the the arrows into... So we start getting this yeah. mass. Huge. That's huge, great. Huge. And yeah, I think the thing that does catch me so much is the fact that it feels very much like everyone's in the same room. Yeah, it does. It does. And I think... Um, I think it's the clarity of what... <clears throat> of how it needed to sound. Like, I didn't mm. give many instructions, but I gave one reference... We worked with Uri to create the dynamic it needed to have. And I was very uh, uh, clear about those things needing to be in place. 
and everything else you bring the person that you are into that mm. and i think one thing that's really really worth mentioning uh if we got musician friends uh who are listening to this and who are maybe not into recording yet uh everybody is a bit today but who are maybe not gotten into it right now like if i go back to the story of my grandfather and his recording studio in 1980s in nowhere middle east those things were unimaginable back then any musician friend who is not into recording yet Uh, this is the time to get good at it or, or proficient at it or have a level of understanding that will allow you to record yourself at home if somebody asks you to. This is the moment to uh, pick up a mic, pick up a sound card, figure out how everything works. And you don't need to become a sound engineer full bore, but you need to or you'd be well off learning how to record your instruments that you play on so that they would sound as studio fresh as possible. Yes, I agree. And you know what? It's not actually that hard. I mean, it's hard to do it very, very well. But actually, if you can, if you can learn how to play the guitar, then you can learn how to do an a okay semi-proficient job of recording your right. guitar, I feel. Like if you've got the skills and the knowledge... And the brain power to do to do all the stuff that you've done with your instrument, you you can Google it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not rocket science. It's really, I mean, it's it's trial and error is what it is. And there's this thing that they've invented that's called the internet, and tons of things are on there. So, um, yeah, I would highly advise that because to make something sound like this. Uh, you need everybody on the other end to be a very good musicians, which everybody were, and proficient enough with a sound card and a mic and their ears. Because um, I was really not... Actually, you know what's funny? We could probably hear it somewhere. So I was so excited with the bass recording when it came in. For me, this entire thing was really, really exciting the whole whole way through that I just put the bass on the piano and drums that I already had. So there was a massive noise anyway. So I never, until a pretty late stage of the mixing process, I didn't solo the bass. I didn't need to. And one day I did. And let's see if you could probably hear it here. Or you can't. Wait. My gift is to listen and to answer in key. You can hear birds behind the double bass. I can't hear them. It sounds a bit like noise because I took off a lot of the high frequencies, but there's literally chirping birds. Ah. But our ears don't look for it, so we don't care nah. it's there. We don't care it's there. Does that make a difference to the overall mix, though? Like, you know, without, without us noticing? 
No, it didn't. It didn't. No, but do, like, do, so it it doesn't like things like that don't matter. Well, it would matter if it's like the instrument that's at the forefront and its frequencies are uh, the the important frequencies are also the frequencies in which you hear a bird chirp. Yeah. But but a double bass. It was like a ride cymbal. Yeah. Then that would matter. Yeah, or, or a singer. Or, or a singer. Or, or or a sax or 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 a room or or all of those things. But right. when it's when it's a bass, I mean okay. You just enjoy it, really, <laughs> for what it is. Yeah. Um, which brings us to the th one of the things that brought me most joy. And it, it'll be actually cool to leave, leave it just with the bass. And that is um, where the saxes come in. And we have one left, one right. And they play totally different things. Where are you? And if we'll take Crazy Koji out for a second. We can definitely hear the long, beautiful lines. Eighties George Michael kind of stuff. Lisa's really melodic and beautiful and soulful and just runs with it. Comentan, I just want him to go crazy. So, I just wanted um, a human arpeggiator. He just loves that. But for me, if we're going back to the reference that I gave earlier, um, the end has a really vibey uh, synth going on it. It's this. You can really hear it here, but... So we needed a vibey synth, but I didn't want a synth. I just wanted the vibe. So I used our human arpeggiator and just stuck a two-pitch um, pitch shifters on him. So you have Corentin. This is Corentin, the original. This is Corentin, the synthesizer.
And if we bring Lisa back... And Mark is back. And Maeve is back. Thirty minutes in the oven, and there you go. You have your chocolate souffle. <laughs> it's so it's doable, you know. I think that I think that, that like just I, I really do. And hearing that, and also I saw um, Winter. Have you seen you know Winter Marsalis? He's he's been quite active on the old internet recently. He's old himself. No, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> but he's been. Uh, he did a really nice sort of split screen video thing uh for all the people that you know that, that have died basically it was like a the sort of new orleans funeral march but for you know for all the people in new orleans who would have had that but they can't because they're not allowed to do the you know the sort of parade new orleans parade okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but he just sort of like they just did a split screen like his band just did like a split screen video, just sort of playing the, the tunes that they usually would. Right. And it's pretty moving. It's really nice, but like they're doing collective improv and it just is, it must just be about, you know, who you get to record first, making sure that people are just hearing it once and, and they're good enough musicians to just be able to do it and, and, yeah. and do a couple of takes and that's it without, you know, and then, and I guess that's it, right? It must be. I mean, if, for example, you couldn't do this by set, saying to Corentin, hey, Corentin, I've got a click. Here, these are the chords. I want you to arpeggiate. Maybe you could, but um, you, know, you, well, couldn't have got, you couldn't have got the horns to go first. You have to get the piano. I think the, the, in order to get a certain result, you need to go in a certain order. Um, yeah. I don't know if I could have gone in a different order just because the piano brings such a vibe on one hand, which is a really jazzy vibe, modern yeah. jazz vibe, which I wanted, yeah. and a, a real great interpretation of the dynamic. Yeah. And it's really both those things which serve as markers for everybody else. And because yeah. there's such clear markers, everybody could be themselves and react as them themselves would, given these instructions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just think it's all about the clarity. When when Winton when Winton, my buddy Winton, does it with his friends, um, you just assume that they've 
known each other for so many years that they don't need that. Yeah. But if there's one point that's worth mentioning in what it is that we've just listened to is that Uri, the piano player, doesn't know anybody of the other musicians. Uh, Dan only knows Marcus, but I don't know if they've ever played together. I doubt it. Um, Lisa and Quentin know each other, but they've never played together. And Quentin maybe played in some settings, and Lisa and maybe played in some settings. But basically, there's a lot of people who don't know each other at all. It's not even... what. And, and actually, when we got to the sexes, to recording the sexes, I actually sent them an email. That's after I've gave... I given each one their directions uh, and I asked and I kind of like sent them both an email saying, do you guys want to talk amongst yourselves to see what you're going to do as two sexes? And I think it was Lisa who, who replied first and said, uh, no, you gave us the directions. Let's just follow the directions. So they didn't even, uh, they didn't even talk and, and they really did each his own thing. And uh, just like, it sat the way it needed to sit. It's funny. I wonder if, you know, maybe, maybe we talk too much in rehearsals. Oh, we <sighs> definitely yeah. talk too much in rehearsals. But like, you know, about them, you know, you know, I do sometimes feel like when people are like, you know, and then I'm thinking we should do this and then we should, and in a lot of, in a, you know, in a lot of settings, you need that, you need to talk it through because there might be lots of things going on. But if you're talking about like something that's quite open and could, anything could happen, Sometimes it is better to just well, I can let it happen and well I guess then what's the point in rehearsing and you just did a gig? It's a different thing. I'm talking rubbish. No, I don't think that was a bad point. I don't no, I don't I think it's a super valid point. It's just um, <coughs> knowing how to measure it and knowing what gets the emphasis when at at, yeah. at, at each point of the, the, the process. Mm. Oh, I think it's a so super it seems valid like point. this has been this is how long is this? How long does this, did this take up? How much of your time is, is this this tune taken up? So the recording itself took four days net with between me doing putting the guitar down and then two days on the piano mm. uh, just to refine the points mm -hmm. and then everybody else sent everybody everything on the same day next day. Like, everybody sent their recording over the piano uh, mm -hmm. on a Friday. The piano was ready on a Thursday. The mixing? How long does that take? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> the, the too long. The mixing took too long, but I think it took too long. Um, well, it's the, it's the classic uh, sound engineer joke of I just have this one little thing to tweak. But uh, on a less jokey thing... Um, there is, uh, the more you spend time producing original music and mixing original music, you understand the difficulty of being both the producer and the sound engineer. Hmm. Um, because you just listen to it with two different sets of ears. You just listen to it with uh, how it's going to sound coming out of speakers and how it's going to sound on an album, I suppose. Or, or as a single. Um, okay. For me, um, it sounded amazing 
on the get-go and I was really excited with the process. It was, you know, the first time I've done it. So everybody that sent me a track, I just put it immediately and I listened to it and it was fantastic. And then you find the little, you, you, f you need to find the dynamic that makes it. Th there's several steps to it. There's also the step of making it sound together. It's not just the, the, the technical EQ compression thing. It's also writing it. This needs to be a bit louder now. This needs to be a bit less now. So it would sound like people are in a room. I'm going away from my mic. I'm coming to, like, this is my moment. This is your moment. Um, and there's also the part where you go, is this good enough? Is this really good enough? What, what do I want this song to do? Which I think is really, really an important point. Um, so I didn't really know what I wanted it to do, but it sounded so good that I couldn't let it go until it sounded good enough for me. Um, at which point the only artificial part of the production came in which is not an artificial play but the drums were recorded on four mics and the toms weren't weren't in it enough for me so if we listen to the end um, and we just listen to the drums for the sake of it uh, we see there's a lot of toms in play. Um. So, so the toms are uh, were only recorded through the room mics and were definitely not enough in your face. And since they had this quality, uh, the uh, really rhythmic quality of the pattern that he plays, um, I just triggered those. Uh, I put those through something that's called a trigger, uh -huh. trigger two, actually. So the two toms are are reinforced by a trigger, but it's 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 all played by the same person. It's just that I needed a bit more mm -hmm. on that. Um, and and those things those things takes time because you need the perspective you need to mix one day and listen to the next day and go not on the sound engineer front but really on the producer front does this hit me the way I want it to hit me and if it doesn't what is it that's missing and I actually spent two days agonizing ridiculously over the am I going to trigger it or am I not going to trigger it um, just for the purity of the experience um but uh, then i said f it it's 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 such a part of the the play i don't want it to get lost and i'm really happy i i did yeah i didn't i mean i couldn't couldn't tell um, well it's it's well <laughs> this is why us professionals i use that word professional uh, <laughs> um but all of this took a the good part of of 3 weeks oh, uh, 2 weeks Three weeks. Two weeks. Amazing. Yeah, no, I, it should have been four days. But again, it's just that it's only as good as you prepare. Everything is only as good as you prepare it. And in this case, it was not preparing it. It was rolling with the hits of everything that came and seeing how you dealt with everything. Because you didn't have the luxury of choosing everybody's mic or choosing everybody's room or choosing whatever. So there was like... And and it's amazing that we can even imagine doing this stuff. 
Like the technology is so there, which is unbelievable. Um, but that yeah. that that that's what takes. So let's say a week post production, a week of mixing, something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I um, I just yeah. I, you reckon you're gonna do more? You're gonna be spending a bit more time with this stuff? I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily want to. I have. I did have Corentin, uh, who after after recording his stuff and listening to like I think the first uh, first bounce with nothing on it, he was like, "Dude, if you're making an album out of this, I'll spend as much time as I need behind the mics." And I was like, "Wow, that's great. That's the best compliment." Um, but I don't know. I don't know, listeners. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I want to do something like this again. I don't know what could follow something like this. I have to have a think. I wanted to do something Balkan, actually. Yeah. Kind of like in the same vibe. But I don't... I'll tell you what. This does consume, for me personally at least... <coughs> a huge amount of brain power and time like it drains and i don't necessarily enjoy the drain but this was too good and everybody was um too good playing on it and sounded so fantastic that i couldn't let it go as a half-baked thing it had <clears throat> it had to come out as a full-blown here mom look no hands look what we've done kind of deal mm. Wh which it did and i'm very happy it did and i'm most excited that Louisa likes it because um, it's really it's a tribute to her poem I think her poem is is an amazing piece of poetry and I think the longest and hardest I worked on the mix was to make sure that she's in it with them and somewhere a bit over them that's a bit ethereal and it's a bit hard hitting at the same time it, it took a lot of a lot of effort and and uh, I'm I'm I my favorite thing is that she likes it. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great, Mom. I'm glad. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks so much for for showing me all that and uh, My showing pleasure. showing everybody all that. Um, how are you? You know, let's round it off. Let's. How? What are you doing for the next? What are your What are your plans? What are you doing for the next week? Well, couple so, of days, whatever. So today, I've uh, been to my garden and I've worked a bit at my garden and made a cake um made a point of making a cake with everything i had left and not going to the groceries um and i launched this song which is a good point to make by the way if anybody wants to listen to this song it's on exclusively on my patreon but i've opened the post for the public so it's a public post and everybody can listen to it uh, from start to finish, mastered by the great uh, Raphael Jonin, who's one of the greatest master mastering engineers in France. And um, it would just be cool if you guys want to check it out. You can either go to patreon.com slash bar lower. Wh what is it? Lowercase. What's, what's, what's the lower one? Um, hyphen, lower hyphen, not lower hyphen. I'm just trying to find your Patreon right now. 
but actually I'll you, probably crash my you, computer, you, you so can, I'm not going to do that. So everybody, you oh. can also just go to barthebaker.com, which is really easy, and then you click on the link to the Patreon, because Patreon... Uh, okay. it I'll actually put links underneath. I'll yeah. put links underneath. I don't need to do it in real time. So um, I'm busy launching that, which is good, good fun, and um, then I'll probably take a break from that. I do a lot of meditation and yoga. That's my thing. I have a garden I take care of and like I said I live in a place where uh, normal day to day is not very very different to to what it is now to, to what it is to what it is now it's not changed you've not it's not changed for you really you were you mean like last yeah I've known that for ages that you've just been in the middle of nowhere yeah and you don't you don't see people that often really I, I have I have friends around here I'm not that much I'm sure you got friends but, that but, you know yeah, but I uh, once the the city started losing its charm, it, it was really nice to find a place here, which is a, a really nice uh, environment. And I I am kind of expecting to go back and work on some stuff with some friends outside of this village, some music musician friends. Um, but I'm really waiting for their call because I think they're more into cities and they know better how it's going to go down with uh, confinement and stuff like that. Uh, here is a bit of a different world. Do you actually know what's going on? Um, France is being out of <clears throat> lockdown in a way, in a gradual manner, starting uh, Monday. But I feel like um, until things actually happen, I'm not even going to imagine how they're going to happen. So I don't really know what that means, and I don't think they do either. So yeah, we're in the same boat. We don't really know. We keep getting stuff. We we've sort of seen some like vague plan yeah. that we don't know if that's definitely going to happen but the vague plan is pretty rubbish well, i mean you know it's you know when i say rubbish i'm 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 sticking with uh whoever's in charge at the moment i'm 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 sort of i'm being like a sheeple good for you so to speak uh, i uh i've like i don't i don't think i uh, i don't think i'm clever enough to um to like question these guys even like, and I'd rather just not. I'd rather just, but look, you're in charge. You do it. <laughs> I'm just going to listen to you, even if I don't like you, and uh, yeah, be at the mercy of, of them. But well, anyway, what I mean, what I was trying to say is that it looks like really quite rubbish. It doesn't look very fun. The uh, the next uh, the next six months. Yeah, I don't even look to the next six months. I, I was looking. I was thinking today that um, if. Um lockdown actually ends in a in a positive way in france we might try to get a bit of fit in the fit uh, fit de la music in the village which is uh for those of you who don't know the french the french music holiday which is the 21st of june which is just uh, usually there's concerts everywhere and anywhere uh there's obviously going to be less this year but even if we're going to do it on a village level which is like my village is 150 people maybe so you're not even going to get 150 people obviously um and like in an open space and get a couple of bands and I just think it would be nice. Um, well, I hope that that happens. I hope that we start. I mean, I think it's going to be outdoor outdoor gigs, isn't it? The most we're going to we might see outdoor gigs appearing. But you see, not. you know, I'm you know where I am. I'm in the yeah. UK. Outdoor gigs, even in the middle middle of summer, there's like sort of seventy five percent chance that that's just going to go really badly. It's time to move on to plastic violins, Matt. What I mean, do you think that's going to make a difference to how well a gig goes? I mean, that's going to make number one, it'll sound worse, loads worse. 
because the violin's plastic. Sorry to anyone listening who makes plastic violins or has a plastic violin, but uh, get a wood one if I were you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, which is too cold. Or like, you know, it's either really sunny. We were in London, it's quite sunny. It's either really sunny or it's just raining and, yeah. and you don't want to be playing. Yeah, I, I think... So Corentin, actually, and his buddies were really fast to get... Um, web channel going which looks professional as everything I've ever seen for for gigs uh, for um, uh, on, on subscription and they have the programmation going and they have the program going and it, it looks great it sounds great so people are doing things and I think yeah we're going to find ourselves in more of the virtual space for a while yeah um, I can't tell you, even doing this, that I'm any wiser as to how this is going to go. I just know it's possible. Like, I know... It is possible. You'd give me a, a, a couple of weeks and you can make an, whichever album you want with whomever you want in two weeks, I, I think. And uh, the, the only question which is this... I guess the question that, that haunts us, uh, or many of us, is what does it mean... to put out an album these days or new music these days and and where does it go to if there's no live side to it and yeah like and what am i what, what am, am I, i doing in my life yeah. who am i do i do i matter as a musician does anyone care who i am do do you the want answer, the answer is, to that <laughs> the answer is probably not at the moment yeah but uh i'm well no we do matter people everyone matters everybody matters but music's uh music's being pushed aside for a bit and uh you you say that but maybe it's pushed on the agenda but think about how much music all your friends and and family and 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 associates or or people that you know are, are listening to yeah. yeah i don't think that as a as a as an consumable as something that we consume i don't think it's it was pushed back i think that people are listening to quite a lot of music Okay, so people are listening to it. That's true. It's a very good point. But no one's going to see live concerts. And I feel like that... For a while, yeah. Yeah. Does that mean that... Does that mean it's... I don't know. It doesn't mean that it's... It doesn't mean that music doesn't matter at all. Of course it doesn't. It's because it's for... It's, a, it's because of the issue. We've got the coronavirus. But uh, I guess live music has been pushed to one side. Well, live it, live a lot that? of things have been pushed to one side. but Live everything, yeah. yeah. But... We'll, we'll we'll just see i'm i'm i like my studio anyway so yeah i mean i ha you know I, i keep saying this and i don't want i don't want to brag but i just have a, i have a really good time just practicing <laughs> most of the time i don't i'm i'm quite happy to have a little sabbatical a little practice sabbatical it's only mm. sometimes that you that i'm having a bad time like today and that's with the usually huh like today with the cigarettes Well, the cigarette thing's gonna yeah but I'd, have, I'd be having a bad time quitting smoking I'd be having a worse time quitting smoking if I was out playing music with people because everyone would be like hey I'm going for a cigarette during the break and I'd right. be like cool I'll just sit down here By my own. and think about having a cigarette or I'll stand next to you and look like a look look awkward while right. you smoke I don't know. Um, so I, I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it I'm, I'm not really uh doing so much in terms of uh online collaborations i've done, I've done one or two i do a couple 
often and I've got some things on the go. But mostly the thing I'm enjoying the most is it's just playing the violin and, and, and realizing different, you know, finding different things about my playing that I need to change and really getting to getting down to actually getting down to the boring stuff that I, that is very difficult to do yeah. when you're out playing regularly. Cause when you're out playing regularly, you're, you're sort of, you go out to play, you reinforce your bad habits, your bad technical habits. Every time you play, 100%. you do the same thing and you, and you, cause you let go and you let, your body do you know you let your body play your instrument and uh and I'm, I'm trying to use this time to to like try and get get rid of some bad habits yeah it's pretty boring though right well i i guess that if we take if we put music aside and then you ask what am i doing with my daily day and with my day to day is just i'm i'm learning to deal with boredom like not running away from it really learning to deal with it so if you're doing it through scales and stuff, you didn't want to work on the instrument. That's uh, that's great. I'm I'm doing it without the guitar even, but uh, yeah, I think uh, we we. So you but you're you're doing so you're talking about meditation. Not even. I mean, meditation itself is not boring, but you know, every, you you're awake many hours of the day, and if you choose not to do anything, well, you'll be bored. It's true, but I don't understand what you're saying. You're saying, I'm saying you're trying to deal with boredom. As boredom. Just look at it and go, okay, this is boredom. It's it's not a horrible thing. I don't need to run away from it into into playing something or writing something. Which is, by the way, where I cracked four or five days ago when I text group texts, Kurosh not Kukanani, and uh, your friend and mine. Eva Scholten, and went like, hey, I got this catalog of jazz standards. Do you want to do them as a duo? Because they've done this uh, really beautiful video of yeah. like Kud on the one and then Eva put a video on it. Yeah. And they have just this most beautiful chemistry. Yeah. And, and like on five seconds where I couldn't keep my boredom to myself, I was like, hey, I got this packet of jazz standards that I've written and could still write more, have some, do whatever you want with them, and then let's record them when you're done with them. And they were great. They they both liked the idea. And 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 like it took me five more seconds to go, really? Really? That's that's what you want to do with your time. <laughs> so the, you think that they're so bored that they, they want to play your jazz no, standards. So I, I'm I'm so bored that I want to offer people songs. Ah, no, okay. I, I don't I don't so think I that they they're bored at all. I think that they're having a glorious time. Hmm. Apparently, Kurosh not Kukanani is is cooking up a storm. Of of bolognese pasta or carbonara. Well, he's told you about that as well. That's that's so funny. No, you know, every I, time I, I, I watched your podcast. Ah, okay. He talks about the carbonara a lot. Must be Every time I see him, he's like, you know, I learned to make carbonara because he he doesn't he's not much he's not like always been so much of a cook. But he's like, you know, I've got the perfect carbonara. And I'm like, man, I've known you for like ages, and you've been talking about this for like about three years, and I still haven't tasted your carbonara, so I don't believe you. Oh, so it's not a new thing. I thought it was a lockdown thing. Nice. Nah, she, you know, he, he's been doing the carbonara for a while. 
I'm being mean. I'm sure it's good, actually. Can't really like he, you know he, he like he likes Italy. He's very uh, he's very into Italy. So I reckon it's going to be pretty pretty legit. I'm just being mean to him. He might even be listening and we being love really, you, like, sort of seizing. We love you, seizing. Maybe not. <clears throat> Bar, it's been a pleasure. Mate, it's always a pleasure. Thank you yeah. for thank you for having me. Thank you everybody who was listening. Yeah, I hope to see you um, soon. I'll probably next time I see you will be a bit like this via Skype or something like that. With a cigarette. But um, it would be no man. I'm not going to be smoking any cigarettes. I am. Um, I'm don't. That is that is horrible. Hey, maybe God. it would be. Maybe you it had would to be leave. Me. You had to leave me on this. Uh, on that negative note. You don't believe me. I'm gonna make it, man. I I trust you 100%. <laughs> yeah, good. I know you do. All right, man. Nice to see you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, mate. Yeah, it was really nice to hear your music. Cool. Um, yeah, I'll see you again soon. Yes, you bye, will. Bye, bye. Sorry for the technical difficulties we had today, guys. If you're still watching, um, that's uh, I think that's just my, either my internet or me just having too much stuff on my laptop. If I, I wish I could share my screen with you. It's like uh, I've just got like everything open all the time. I never close any applications. Um, yeah, I, I'm not very good at looking after my uh, my Mac. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. This has been Locked in the Green Room. You're listening to me, Matt Holborn, and Barzalel. Um, chatting to different musicians about what they're doing on lockdown and that was really interesting to hear what Barr's been doing. Uh, you can subscribe to this by the stings underneath or if you if you like to get podcasts uh, you know and listen to podcasts in a, like audio podcasts then uh, you can find us on all the podcast players as well there's audio versions of all of these uh, just just up there waiting for you to listen to. Um, yeah, please subscribe. And if you have been enjoying uh, uh, watching and listening, it would be really helpful if you would give us a, a rating and a and some comments on iTunes. That's really helpful for me as a podcast for you to do that. It means that I go up in the search, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's boring stuff. Thank you very much for listening and uh, see you next time.